Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. We're here in the book cave uh, with uh, our audio engineer and uh, the dog, who may be up or down, and of course the cat. <laughs> the heavy panting mascot moves. <laughs> right. And a little collar shake. <laughs> um, today we're talking about the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Oh, so let me just give you, I love this book, let me just give you a little short summary about it. Um, so you have Patricia Campbell, who's a housewife. She's feeling lost and she's unvalued. Um, her husband's caught up in his promotion at work, and her children are the typical preteen teenager who don't want anything to do with her. And then she's got her mother-in-law who has dementia that requires a lot of her time because uh, the mother-in-law is living with her at, at this time. So her only Patricia's only time away from the family is book club. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know... One night, she's coming home from book club, and uh, she's thinking everything that she thinks about, like her son's supposed to take out the trash. Did he take out the trash? She's going to go check. So she wanders up to the side of the house where the uh, trash cans are to check, and she sees her elderly neighbor rummaging through the trash, and the trash is just scattered all over the ground. And all of a sudden, the neighbor attacks her and bites off her ear. So fast forward a day or so. And uh, the elderly neighbor's nephew, James, has uh, come into town. He arrives into town and is staying at uh, his aunt's house. And uh, he's handsome, and he pays a lot of attention to Patricia. And uh, so she's now, her life is not so monotonous anymore, and she's got purpose. And pretty soon he has um, ingratiated himself into the neighborhood and their book club. And But then Patricia starts thinking, something's not quite right. And uh, so she realizes he may not be who he seems to be. And so now she's on a mission to find out the truth. So pretty much that's the summary of the story. Good job. (laughs) I know, that was... was There's a lot of story to summarize. (laughs) Yeah, there was. I tried to give nothing away. Yeah, yeah. no, good work. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know we told you, if you were listening to the end of episode five, uh, we told you that we were going to be sampling a red wine called Freak Show today. Mm. But uh, one of our, our friends said to Kelly... And this seems again like something that should have been really like, why obvious. Why did we think of it? I <laughs> to, don't know why. To us. Said, you know, you're reading about vampires. You really should be drinking Bloody Marys. And it was kind of like, oh yeah, duh. So we are today drinking Bloody Marys. Uh, we are enjoying McClure's finest Bloody Mary mix because it's the only one I'll drink, honestly. Um, and we have a little bit of. Um, the best cheap vodka on the planet from Costco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've garnished our Bloody Marys today with McClure's garlic dill pickles. And it's so, so good. It is good. So cheers, cheers to episode six. Woo! And I don't like tomato juice, so. Well, and I don't like tomatoes. Right. So, so. But the first time that I tried McClure's Bloody Mary mix, I was at Eastern Market in Detroit, and they had just little shots of just the mix. So we didn't, there was no nothing in it. And... I thought, okay, well, it's just a little bit, so I'll try it. And I immediately bought, like, six jars. <laughs> they were running a special that day, so I bought a whole bunch that afternoon. And they're really good, so nice work, McClure's. We're going to enjoy this while we talk this bloody book. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but before we talk about this bloody book, <laughs> and I mean that in the most literal sense, right? Um, we do want to talk first about what we're reading now, because as usual, because we're talking about this book, we don't want to spoil you on anything that's happening in it. So we're going to warn you now that spoilers are coming. We're going to talk to you about what we're reading, and then we're going to get right into the entirety of the Guide to Slaying Vampires. Right. So what are you reading, Kelly? Okay, so... Did you finish Hello Summer? I did not. So I'm going to just say I still have Hello Summer. Um, but I had to move on again because of the library books. And um, so I'm reading, started the uh, Black Swan in Paris by Karen Robarts. Okay. Yeah. And that's a, you know, believe it or not, that's surprisingly is a World War II story. Really? Yeah. Which surprises me because it's usually. Is it about ballet? No. <laughs> I would have guessed ballet. No, okay. the Black Swan is a uh, singer in uh, occupied Paris, oh. France, so in Paris and so, but she's a uh, spy or okay. working for the oh, resistance oh, type okay. thing. So that's okay. as far as I got. I'm only on like page 50. It's good so far, though? Yeah, it is. It's surprising. I was I was not what I was expecting. Okay. Because there's a lot of like fact. I mean, not fact, but like. History. Oh. <laughs> Karen Robards, I don't think, really writes history. I don't, I don't know if I've ever read anything about Karen Robards. Yeah. It's more okay. romantic suspense type thing. Maybe that's coming. All right. I don't know. Okay. I am, I just picked up, uh, same at the at the library. My holds are starting to come in. So um, I picked up Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. Mm. And I just checked out on the Cloud Library app, my hold for Her Last Flight by Beatrice Williams came in. That's also a historical fiction book. Um, I don't know why I had in my head this was a book about Amelia Earhart, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a but character it is about, like Amelia It is about um, pilots in the past. And so I'm getting into that one. But yeah, Big Summer, Jennifer Weiner, and Her Last Flight, Beatrice Williams are next on my list. So... All right, guys, if you have not read The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, now's your chance to press pause. Go finish it. It's a quick read. It was long, (laughs) but it read fast. Oh, it was like, yeah, because you didn't want to put it down. Right. So dedicate some time to yourself. Go finish the book and then come back and pick it up and um, hear what we have to say about this book that I thought was actually funnier than it should have been. (laughs) Oh, so yes. All right. So spoiler alert going forward. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, let's first talk about the author's note. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So this, to me, sets the precedent for the whole book, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. whole premise of the book. And, and you know, I thought about it. It's like, you read it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I really think you need to go back and read it after you read the book. Okay. You know what I mean? Because then it even makes more sense. Okay. Oh, only because this is what he says. He didn't take his mom seriously, right? Right. As a, as a kid. She was a housewife. She was uh, always. She was in a book club. She and her friends were always running errands, driving carpool, uh, forcing us to follow the rules that didn't make any sense. Um, they seemed like a bunch of lightweights, is what he says. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then he says, "Today I realized how many things they were juggling that I was totally unaware of. They took the hit so we could skate by oblivious- obliviously, because that's the deal." As a parent, you endure pain so your children don't have to. And basically, that's exactly what that's, Patricia did, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the theme yes. that carries through yes. the book, And I just thought, sure. yeah. And I thought that you uh, you get more of a feeling. I mean, you know that as, you know, but if you read the book and then go back and reread that, it just makes 
brings it home even more. Yes. Because she was determined. Oh, yeah. Protect the kids. Yes. That was yeah. that was her mantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the very last portion of the author's note because as he's, as he's giving this, um, his perception of what his mother was like when he was a child and then he comes to this realization that actually there was a lot more going on that he didn't know about, um, he... I think I think he kind of honors her with this last line of the author's note, which reads, I wanted to pit Dracula against my mom. Right. And as you'll see, it's not a fair fight. And I thought, OK, that's a I guess that's a really nice compliment it, to right. his mother. Right. right. Like, he, he realized later on that she, you know, was this tough person who was handling a bunch of garbage. And now he's. So in this book, he, yeah, he makes the garbage Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that, yeah, it was, the a, great note, it was a great start. Yes, it yeah. was. And then, um, of course, the definition on the right after that, the definition oh, yes. of a housewife. So definition of a housewife. And this is from the Oxford English Dictionary Compact Edition 1971. Uh, a light, worthless woman or girl. There you go. That's the entire definition. That's the entire definition of a housewife. Yeah. Anyone who's listening to this who happens to be a housewife, that's not what we think. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, so no. you know. That's, but that was the definition no. listed in this book. Which is, so, yeah, very But it does sort of set you up for the characters that he's writing. And and honestly, I think at the beginning, not they're not quite sure what they're fully capable of. And they... Oh, right. They really take they take on a literal monster. They, they grow. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. They definitely grow. Yeah. And we're going to talk about book discussion. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. So I, I made sure this was okay with Kelly before I brought it up because you'll recall perhaps that Kelly has said previously that she's not a fan of organized book discussion groups. Which is funny because here we are discussing books. I, You know, I think this every week. But I know. Yeah. I know. So yeah. maybe it's who I'm discussing with. Oh. Yeah. But also I think it's because we get to pick the book. Well, maybe that's it too. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Because right? Marjorie, my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, let's, but hang on. Let's talk about this. So, so Patricia's in the original book club that she's in at the very beginning of the book um, is run by, yes, by a woman named Marjorie who um, has laid out the whole year's worth of books. And not only has she laid them out, they're they're making choices based on like, I feel like it was, was it like bestseller lists or the greatest Western writings or something? Oh, yeah, something right? like that. It, and, and so um, not only were, did she choose everything, she then assigned those books to who she thought would be the most appropriate hostess, and right? The, and the month that she thought they would be the most appropriate. Yes. To read in. So we're in um, November of 1988 when it's <laughs> Patricia's turn to host, and she was supposed to have read Cry the Beloved Country. Oh, right. And she has not read it. <laughs> and she's really doing her very best to sort of wing it in the beginning, hoping that they're not going to know that she didn't read this book. And I then think- Marjorie... I really cattily sets yeah. her up, right? But when she's she's talking to them about how she didn't get it done and why she didn't get it done and why she didn't read it, I was I immediately thought of you. <laughs> Not because <laughs> I didn't think that you would do it, because I was like, this must be why Kelly doesn't like book discussions, because there was all this other stuff happening in Patricia's life, and book club had to be last, but Marjorie needed it to be like a priority, right, for everybody. Right. So, um, so I did. I thought of you in the in. It was a good way because it made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, maybe this is why she doesn't like it. Well, I really, yeah, empathized with Patricia because, I, and I remember one point she's like, 
today I'm going to die, is what she actually says in yes. one, at one point. It's because she didn't finish the book. I yeah. thought that was a little dramatic, but that's how... It's so much pressure. Just so much pressure to finish a book. It is. But... When, when for on a timeline. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't... Okay, I've only been in one book club, and it's the one I'm in right now, and... Like, nobody ever gets mad when we don't finish the book. Like, didn't if you have a Marjorie. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I hope we don't. Right. <laughs> I don't think we do. Right. Um, and, um, you know, if you show up and you haven't read it, you're really, I mean, you're coming at your own risk that you're going to get the ending spoiled for you. But nobody's ever upset about if you didn't finish it. People have lives and things to do. And it's, right. you know, you're supposed to be reading it for enjoyment, not, right. it shouldn't be a task. And she definitely was making it a task. She was. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. um, I did like early on in the book when um, she was thinking that the aspects of her life could have been mystery book titles. And oh. she listed like a whole thing. And, I've, and I found it here. And it's like Patricia Campbell and the secret of cooking three, day, or three meals a day, seven days a week without losing your mind. <laughs> Sound like a Harry Potter title, right? right. Like Patricia Campbell and... and the case of the five-year-old child who keeps biting other people, Patricia Campbell, and the case or the mystery of finding enough time to read the newspaper when you have two children and a mother-in-law living with you. Like, every task that she had to do, it seemed like she was, I mean, she was getting it done, but right. she wasn't sure how she was getting it done, right. I guess. Right, right. <coughs> yeah. A little, little <clears throat> spicy tomato. <laughs> there. So... Um, anyway, so I did, I liked how she was doing that. And then it was hilarious how when she, she was just supposed to be leading the conversation. Yeah, Marjorie was hosting. Okay. So when she left, like, in a sneak out of shame, right? right. Like, she just sort of snuck out when right. no one was looking. And she ran into Kitty outside, who was like, let's read True Crime. Right, right. So, <laughs> and then everyone loved it. That was, I right. mean, that just goes to show you there's a book club for every right. taste, right? So, right. yeah. And what, so they read what? Helter Skelter and... The Stranger Beside Me or... In Cold Blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. All those. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah. And they... Not only did they read it, they like... They loved it. And then these books came in super handy right. when <laughs> they found out they had to fight a monster. <laughs> right. So, right. There was that. So, um, the campiness of it, the book, though. Like, yes. There was, like... I don't want to say cheesy, but there was some campiness. And um, so, Patricia says at one point to Grace... One of the book club members, she says, don't you wish something exciting would happen around here? (laughs) And it's like, you you know, you you just know because of the title that there's a vampire involved, right? Somewhere. So, you know, it's like that uh, premonition type thing. And then foreshadowing, I guess. And then there's another place where um, when James arrives, right? Yes. uh, She invites him in the house. And what's the number one rule for a vampire? Well, I didn't know no, this. You don't invite him into the house. Did you know that? Yes. I didn't know I that. read vampire novels. Yes, I know that. Okay, no, I didn't know that. It's the number that. one rule you never invite him in the house. And he even says to her, um, he says to her, only if it's a real invitation. And she says, consider yourself invited. And you're like, no! Oh, so if this would have been a movie, that would have been the dun-dun-dun <laughs> exactly. part? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So some of that, you know... So campiness and cheesiness and stuff. I like. think that that was 
intentional though right oh like, absolutely like the book yeah. knows what it is yeah but that's what you would expect i think from grady hunt if you ever read horror store i mean so i have it uh, oh okay. i have not read anything else okay. by grady hendrix okay. um but i do i'll tell you that in a couple of clubs that well they're not, they're not clubs they're online book groups on facebook um that right after we decided we were going to read this this title started popping up as a suggestion from people who were in the, and it's like thousands of people just submitting things that they've read and like right this one started popping up and somebody would there was a lot of divisive opinion on it because people were like i don't get it is it supposed to be funny is it supposed to be scary is it a horror book and i was like i don't know if it knows what it is but right. it's all these things kind of right yeah and i liked that oh i, I yeah I, yeah I don't know. It did. It definitely didn't take itself too seriously, right? But it. I mean, it's also like I wouldn't say this is a comedy and hand it to someone. No, because I mean, they're funny parts, right? But but there's also very gross parts. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Oh, let's talk about okay. Let's talk the about the gross parts. Like the rats. As I take another drink of my funny beer. Okay, let's yeah. talk about the rats. Oh my god, that scene oh. was terrifying. Oh. It was terrifying. I okay, you guys. So. If you read it, or if you're not going to, here's what happens. So Patricia and her husband, who is Carter, and what is it? Miss Mary was that the mother-in-law? Yes, her name. Yes. Okay, so Miss Mary is staying with them, and they finally have decided that because of Miss Mary's dementia, and they need someone to like stay with her all the time. They've also hired an in-home caretaker, Mrs. Green. And one night, while Patricia and Carter are out, everybody's out of the house except Miss Mary and Mrs. Green, and they are attacked by a horde of rats. Actual, disgusting, what turn out to be flesh-eating rats. Smelly. You guys, this goes on for probably six pages, Pages. the description (laughs) of this scene, and it is awful. And then Patricia and Carter come home to find Miss Mary is being tended to by Mrs. Green, who's giving her CPR because she's been attacked by a million rats or whatever and um and they get her to the hospital and then they start describing the aftermath of the scene and i was just like it was all i could do not to gaggle i was reading I it it was so just, bad i almost skipped it i really did i almost i was like i can't read this oh but it I, was you know i went oh, oh, yeah oh yeah it was terrible and then um the other part was when she was up in the um attic oh oh uh, uh, <laughs> So mm-hmm. all those things crawling on her. So she's nope. hiding up in the attic of James's house because she's trying to catch him, and you know she's investigating, trying to discover who he is, what he is. She suspects he's he. She actually suspects he's a vampire at this point. Yep. And so she's hiding up in the, and he comes home, and um, he's searching the attic for her. So she has to burrow under this pile of blankets and clothes and stuff like that. Oh, you guys. And there's like. R- Mice and cockroaches spiders. and spiders oh. and they're crawl and one cockroach crawls in her ear. Oh my gosh! Oh no! And it's like no. she tries to get it out, but she can't move because he's still there looking for her. And it's just oh my gosh! That took a strength I don't think I have for oh. her to lie still enough that he did not see her hiding under this pile of rags or whatever. Right. I mean, I guess she's not a real person. I get that, but but right, but. <laughs> I don't know that I could have. I could. I could have not moved because when she started describing that cockroach going into her ear, I was like, "That's I, that's it. I have to walk away from it." That's like this one of my awful. worst fears. Like a bug is going to be oh. stuck in my ear, right? Oh, it's just. And then you know, it oh, shout out to our friend Jill if you're listening. Oh, you right. know what that's about? <laughs> exactly. Oh, right. 
Because I think it crawled across her mouth first and then... It was all over like, her face. So gross. Oh, God. It was right. awful. Yeah. Awful. And, and then um, we're going to the end of the book just for when they all get together. Okay. Well, let's, let's back, back up for a Okay. Okay. Because I have a couple things I want to say okay. about the other characters in this book. So the husbands are terrible. Oh, gosh. They yes. are terrible. So one one of the themes, like, I always look for themes, right? Sexism. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> like, seriously? Oh, yeah. This book, honestly, like, I know I know what the timeline is because the author has laid it out for us, but it really felt like it could have taken place a lot earlier in history. I felt it was, like, 1950s. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. just, I equated it to Stepford Wives, kind of, almost okay. like in the beginning, because, yeah. you know, they were so robotic or, you know, they, I don't know, yeah. they were just... Well, and then, so this, so this... This true crime book club, the people that come together, and it's, I think it was five women, right? Um, they they do some things that they they couldn't ask anyone else they know to help with, right? Like, they literally right. have a, a move-the-body friend. Like, one of these people is, li- like, literally the person you'd call if you had to move a body because she's the one who oh, cleans up. Grace, right? <laughs> right? Grace, yes. So, but, but the hut like, we're talking about the Hudsons for a second. Like, they just... Individually and collectively, they were self-absorbed, terrible humans. They They really really were. were. So, so you guys who are listening, so what happens is they gather this evidence against James, right? And they're they're basically trying to get him and the cops involved to investigate because often another part of this town. Um, children are disappearing, right? right? And or they're or they're not disappearing, but they're they're becoming ill. They're getting sick, and then their behaviors are changing dramatically. And then Patricia and Mrs. Green, who was the caretaker of of the mother in law, have got it in their heads that he's the reason. Right? They find his van. She sees him in the dark. You know, doing this what turns out to be blood sucking, basically. Right, right. And the husbands are all like. You're all crazy. He's invested a bunch of money in our project. We're not chasing him out of town. Stop doing this. Right. We don't believe anything you're telling us. And they just and, and in they, one like fell swoop, they just dismiss these women. Right. And it was at that point that I wish Patricia had said right. <laughs> I'd like a divorce. <laughs> it, it took her like three well, it took her three years to start up again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was start a while. investigating again. So, yeah. So, in the meantime, everybody's getting rich. And this development is, you know, it's it's blowing up and making everybody all this money. And it's all going great. And and nobody wants to believe that James could be anything but the nice neighbor from down the street. But Patricia still believes, because she knows what she saw in this van, right. that he's not right. the nice neighbor from down the street. Right, right. And then we find out that he's... Definitely not the nice neighbor from down the street. Okay, so so Slick. Yes. Slick, who is one of the members of the book club, is attacked in her home mm-hmm. and winds up in the hospital. And the doctors can't figure out what's wrong with her because what has happened to her is that she's been assaulted by a vampire. Right. They're treating her, but they don't really can't know what they're treating right. her for. And so the rest of the book club decides this is this is it. This is enough. It was that combined with... Patricia finding out her daughter. Yes. Yes. That Corey, her daughter, has also been attacked by a vampire. Yes. And so she's like, enough of this, right? We're not we're not doing this anymore. And so they make a plan. Mm-hmm. And it's the grossest plan you ever oh, heard. <laughs> my gosh. So basically what they decide is that um they need to uh cut him into little pieces. Yeah, they just need to dismember them all and, together. Uh, 
Because he starts like Patricia is like the bait, right? Yeah, yes. she agrees to trade herself Self for Corey. For, yes, mm -hmm. right. So she becomes the bait, and so while he is sucking the blood out of her, these other women come in and knock him out with a baseball bat. Yeah. I mean, they don't knock him out because he's a vampire, but you know, they disable him right. to, to some degree. Yep. And then they somehow they get him into the bathtub. They break his spine. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh no, it's a knife right down the oh, bones. Oh right. The, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, but was, you know, that was Kitty because she was she was the one who lived on a farm and went hunting and stuff, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a big Bowie knife or something like yes. that, right? hunting knife, <laughs> something like that. So anyway, they do that and they get him in the bathtub and then they just piece by piece start hacking his body up. And you know, he, and he's still talking because he's a vampire, right? right? And his spine is actually regenerating, so they have to do it quickly. Yeah, and um, he actually says to them, "But I'm unique. I'm one of a kind." Right. You can't you destroy don't do me. This. I'm a miracle. You don't want to do this. And, you know, they're, and they're just still. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's carving him like a chicken. <laughs> I know. It's like they take a little bit of his arm off oh. and then they take a little bit, you know, just piece by piece. And they put each piece in pretty much a separate garbage yep. bag. And um, and the pieces still move in that bag. Yeah. So. That was. I have to tell you, for as disgusting as this scene was to read, it was so well written because I kind of felt like, I mean, not that I wasn't, but I kind of felt like right there. Like I was oh, like, it was so yeah. descriptive and so yeah. well done that you you felt like you were kind of in the mix. Right. And, I mean, you know, and it was gross, but it goes was excellent. back to the author's note about his mom. I mean, about the strength of his mom, because who can cut up a body piece by piece like that? I mean. Seriously, I mean, yeah. that actually it turned out to be Mrs. Green that ended up doing all the cutting. Right. <laughs> well, and OK, as an aside for this, my favorite part about this particular plan was that they decided they were going to do this during the Clemson football game because oh, they, yeah. knew, they knew nobody would be paying Pay attention. attention. Right. Right. So they were like they were they only had the length of this football game to get this job done. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. they knew like they were using that clock as a as a stopwatch for what how much time they had to get right. this it's out right it's just funny and then what i loved about that was the fact that grace comes in at the end because she had a falling out with the girls and grace comes in at the end and she is like a no-nonsense person takes over yep the cleaning up because there's blood all over the place right and you they needed to make it look like he just disappeared mm -hmm. and so she comes in and uh she cleans all up and but in the middle of all that her and mr green are talking about cleaning the good cleaning yep that was my next note. How do we get blood stains out of the carpet? I know. Oh, you use uh, vinegar and such and such. Oh, you use water? No, I use milk or something. I mean, it right. was a whole... Yeah. Hot yeah. water, cold water. Oh, that's interesting. I was like, I, you guys, like... There's blood on You're literally carrying 30 garbage bags of body part out of here, and here you're discussing peroxide or vinegar. Yeah. So, uh, um, no, they were... So, literally, they're the move the body people, right? You have... Yeah, you, the joke is that you have a friend who you call right. to move the body, and these women literally did that. Right. So yeah. Um. So the best part of the book, yeah, for go. me, okay, was Patricia and Carter. Uh huh. At the very end, yeah, when she asked for a divorce. Uh huh. Right. And then he is so arrogant that he thinks is uh, so they have to divide up the children, and he comes in and he says, "Okay, I'm going to take the children. You're, you know, I'm going to take custody of the children. Blah blah blah. Whatever he says." And he asked them. And they choose mom. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm taking the good house. I'm taking the beach house. She's got to move because this is her idea. Right. I'll pay for your school. And who do you want to live with? Who do you want to live with during the week <laughs> is what it says. Who do you yeah. want to live with during the week? And they say mom. She felt very vindicated by that. That <laughs> was great. Like, yeah. 
in the end, that's how it works out, right? Yeah. So, and ultimately, it plays. So, the story of these people in the, I guess it was the mid 90s by now, played out just like Miss Mary's story from the 30s, where yes. James came to town, swindled everybody out of this money, and then cost everyone everything. Right. So, right. they're back to, you know, scrimping and saving and doing all these things at the end, but at least everyone's alive. Right. <laughs> so and that's and, good. And the. The reason, the whole reason the rats came after Miss Mary is because she recognized James. Right. Back in the day, like on her grandparents' farm, mom, parents, grandparents? It was her dad's farm. Dad's farm. Yeah. And so he had come back in 1930s, I think, mm-hmm. right? And done this. So she recognized him. And so he sent the rats out. Yeah. And so. Yeah. yeah. It's not your typical vampire book, if I'm right about that. I don't read that many, but this Yeah, is... because this guy, you know, James could. <laughs> could function in daylight. Uh-huh. I mean, it was hard for him. He said he had a skin condition. Yeah. <laughs> Light sensitivity. Right. But he could function be out during the day. So you didn't think, I mean, most of the time he came at night, but you know, there wasn't that much of a suspicion. Plus he was very right. charming as right. Yeah. But um, get your hands on it. It's really good. It is very good. Yeah. It, it's definitely, it's a recommendation for me for sure. Yeah. Oh, um, and let's just talk about it at the very end, which I don't have my book with me. But okay, the newsletter from the Literary Guild of Mont Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's the Happy Holidays letter to yeah, the book yeah, club. Yeah. Okay. And that's the first book club, right? Right. From Marjorie. This is Marjorie's yes. book club. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, she wrote a poem, <laughs> which I won't ruin for you. But the poem includes each of the hosts and the book that they led the discussion for. And she talks about See You on the Other Side of Y2K, which just made me laugh. <laughs> I know. I, like, I forgot this book was in the 90s, right? But um, yeah, so she gives she gives credit to everybody who came to that original one, but it's it's over the top, as you would right, expect right, from her. Right. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, so uh, Grady Hendrix, if you're listening, we really liked your book. It was really I read good. it in kind of record time for me in, in this most recent time frame. It's taking me, I feel like it's a long time to get through books, and I read yes, this one in yes. like probably a grand total of six hours, yeah. like over a couple of days. Yeah, because I just couldn't put it down. Yeah. I ignored and, it. Uh, and it things. was just like so suspenseful. Like, because, you know, and it's the su- suspense that you know that's going to, something's happening. Because mm-hmm. you know he's going to find her in the attic, or he knows he's, I mean, you know, you just know those certain things, but yeah. how it plays out. So, yeah. I admired her tenacity, though. She wasn't going to give up. Oh, gosh, no. She, especially when she found out kids were involved. Yeah. She wasn't having that anymore. Nope. 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 So, so. yeah, good stuff. I liked it. Good find, Kelly. Yeah, somebody. I, I don't uh, know that I would have picked that one up without you saying so. So good job. Um, somebody, uh, I was reading some review on it, and they uh, steal magnolias versus Dracula is what they <laughs> said it was. I thought, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of those ladies and steal no, magnolia either. No, no. So, so. Alrighty. Okay, so for episode seven, mm-hmm. we're going to be reading for Mystery Book Month. Oh, right. Is that October? It is. Oh, okay. October is Mystery Month. Oh. Um, we're going to be reading Still Life by Louise Penny, um, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about that one. That's the beginning of a series. Yes. A long-standing series, right? So yes. we're going to take a look at the first one in that series. Um, and in the meantime, we'll just keep sipping these Bloody Marys while we look for other vampire books to they read. They are so... Oh, one other vampire yeah. book that you what? might want to get a hold of is Dracul. Dracul. 
G-R-A-C-U-L. That's really, really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And was it you who recommended one on the blog that was... Oh, was Hitler it? versus Dracula? Yeah. Dracula versus Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, too. Is that also a vampire book? Yep. Okay. That's actually Dracula, Dracula. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so, you guys, I learned something really important about Kelly today. I did not know that she had read this many vampire stories, so I guess I know where I'll be coming for my recommendations. I love vampires and zombies, so there you go. Good. All right. All right. So don't forget to stop by the blog um, in between listening to the episodes at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com. We're trying to get you guys new stuff out there a couple of times a week. So check in there and we'll see you back here for episode seven and still life in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. See ya. See ya.